Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone is having a fantastic, safe day today, as always. And if you need anything, be sure to give us a call at Health Masters, 1-800-726-1834. We're here to help you out with all of your supplement and nutrition needs. And be sure to check out the Testo Plus product of the week on sale right now. Last day only, it's on sale. And be sure to vote for what you want to see when coming up tomorrow as well. And also on top of that, I'll be on the Hagman Show tomorrow. So guys, get ready for that. It's going to be a wild show. Got a lot of topics we're going to be covering. And as always, me and Doug always have some pretty wild conversations. So be sure to check that out tomorrow as well. And also, I saw, again, it seems to be a continually series of events from the Pentagon. They have now failed another audit miserably. Seven out of the 29 audits passed, only seven. Half of them claim assets were nowhere to be found. I can't even make this stuff up. They said that the Pentagon admitted back in May it misplaced $1.6 trillion of its F-35 budget over the last few years. I don't even know what that means, $1.6 trillion. How do you misplace $1.6 trillion? I don't know. They figured out how to do it though every single year. Then in June, the Pentagon announced they had misplaced another $6 billion in funds destined for Ukraine. You remember that? And uh, now apparently they've figured out that they can't find another like $2.6 billion that they've lost. Uh, and then another like $400 billion that's disappeared on multiple other audits. This whole thing becomes a joke. Honestly, I re- look at this and I report it and I'm just like, you know, but then IRS comes in and says, oh, we want to make sure we tax everybody on anybody that's gotten $600 or more on Venmo or PayPal. You know, we're going to make sure everybody gets 1099 You better pay your share $600, you know, because you made $600. I mean, this whole thing's turned into a theater joke. And, you know, you you watch this stuff and you kind of just shake your head. And ironically enough, you know, I was talking to a buddy last night on the phone. He called me and he goes, isn't it funny how the Ukraine war just suddenly vanished from the news? I'm just thin air. Don't even hear about it. Where's the topic at? Where's all the money? Where's all the screaming and pleading and wailing for more and more cash for Ukraine? Where's all the demands that we need to give them another $50 billion in military weapon platforms and Patriot missile systems? Hmm, it's funny. It's gone eerily quiet. Nothing. Not a single topic. Not a single news article, actually. I looked today. Nothing updating as far as anything new or you know, daily updates that they like to give on Ukraine for almost two years they like to do that. But no, nah, we're not talking about that because now we have another topic to talk about. we got to give Israel more money because, well, they said they need more money. And yet we still have multiple people that are in prison, essentially, without pretrial release from January 6th that nobody's still discussing except for a few people. U.S. House Speaker Mike Johnson struck a blow for liberty and justice last week when he finally authorized the release of the tapes. We talked about that. We talked about them yesterday, some of the videos you can see online where you've got groups of people peacefully walking through and they're actually talking to law enforcement, law enforcement standing up inside down the walls and actually giving some of them fist bumps and high fives. And yet you still have individuals that are held in jail without pretrial release for the last two years. And nobody seems to find it a serious issue. Ron Paul Paul said an article in here and he said, you know, the FBI was unleashed by the Biden administration to hunt down participants in the alleged insurrection, lock them in a gulag where they await a trial in torturous conditions, many in solitary confinement. And he said, essentially, Congress has done absolutely nothing about it. He goes, how much of this was instigated by undercover FBI agents? The footage is very clear from what we've seen now. We're talking dozens upon dozens 
We even had reports from remember the FBI director who said well, we don't know. We had unknown amount of assets from multiple different you know satellite FBI stations all across the country that were bringing you know assets there. And truth about this is this is what happens in a tyrannical system and a tyrannical government that's gone out of control. It starts demanding more and more money. It starts demanding higher and higher taxes. It starts demanding more and more control, and it starts demanding that no one, no one can speak negative about the regime. You go back to Soviet Russia. You go back to Nazi Germany. You go back to China. You go back to any of these countries that went tyrannical. It's the same playbook every time. They do the exact same thing, and this is what we're starting to watch here in the United States, and that's why it's really, really important you continue to encourage your people to do the research and continue to read and understand what's exactly happening right now because there's some strange things that are going on. And on top of that now, they're saying that essentially the Financial Times said the average price of beef sold in grocery stores is now higher than it was during the pandemic. And they're expecting even higher rates by next year as cattle you know, production is starting to go down. They said almost by 20%. And this is pretty much what we've seen now with the massive regulations, with the EPA coming in and doing all kinds of crazy stuff to farmers and vehicles. I was talking to a guy the other day, and he was talking about how he was in the diesel industry. And he said what's crazy about this is now is they're they're trying to push a lot of these big, large corporations are trying to push these electric tractors and combines. And he said nobody will buy them. He said they're complete and total failure is it doesn't even make sense why you have something like that he said then they have these giant recharging trucks that they want to come out to these basically fields with these giant generators on them to charge up the heavy equipment and he goes it's literally a joke you're running a diesel generator out in the field to power up an electric combine or electric tractor and he goes it makes no sense Unless you start realizing that everything is designed to control the food supply, you control the food, you control the population. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he was telling me how the EPA, granted, comes in. He came into one of the guys they know that used to do delete tuning. The EPA came in and brought all these basically bulldozers and tractors that they were using and wanted them all deleted, wanted all the DPF emissions taken off them. EPA, the EPA. And went ahead and cut in massive amounts of checks to come in and delete these equipment for them off the books. And he couldn't give me any names of anything, but I mean, I know he's legit. And what's crazy about this is we've had this continual ideology of rules for thee and not for me with the big fat government that's this overbloated pig now that continues to tell everyone that you have to do this, you have to stay here, you have to buy this, you can't go here, while at the same time they do anything and everything they want essentially without anybody calling them out. So again, that's why it's really important. You've got supplies, backup supplies, continue to encourage you to stock up on them and keep them. That's one of the reasons why we always stay stocked up on the freeze-dried meat that we have. It's got the beef and chicken and the organic food buckets. Having a couple buckets of essential food on deck all the time is really crucial to maintaining, I guess, the ability ability to stay self-sufficient if something were to occur, especially as you start seeing the prices of things continue to go up. It never hurts to stay stocked up and supplied on anything and everything, and that includes supplements as well. You know, I was talking to a supplier that I'm using right now, and uh, they 
quoted me a number yesterday on some stuff and they came back and quoted me another price and told me that they were out of basically some certain ingredients on another quote that they were getting. And I got another supplier that's basically dragging their feet on another quote. All these different items and all these raw ingredients, high quality ones at least, are starting to become harder and harder to get and they're costing more and more money. And we're just seeing the beginning of it right now with this inflationary phase that's not stopping anytime soon. So again, that's why I always encourage people, make sure you're not just looking at, you know, this week and next week and the month. Continue to do projections out on what you think you may need to supply, what you may need to stock up on, and what you may be using. Because a lot of things right now are constantly going up and down and basically the ability to get them. And on top of that, they continue to keep going up on a regular basis. Just something I thought I would throw out there this morning. How are you doing, Dan? What do you think about all that? Oh, awesome. I'm doing great. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving week to everybody listening today uh, we are live and uh, we will not be live on thanksgiving but i have a great show that we'll be playing live you know for you to be we're going to tape you know as if it's live and then we'll be back live again on you know on black friday on, on for this friday so uh yeah i'm excited i'm excited that you know we're having a great holiday season this year i'm excited for christmas i'm excited for everything because this is the day the lord hath made and i will rejoice and i will be glad in it and i'm gonna be excited in it here's the thing we've got to also take a look at too you know this morning i mean we've got a lot of people out there now that are you know pulling a lot of stunts as far as you know supply chains we've got a lot of people out there that are gouging products and gouging prices and all the rest and you know like chlorine tablets i mean you could you know chlorine tablets are like 200 dollars a bucket now they used to be like 60 and i mean they, they could quadrupled in price in some cases during the pandemic and they've stayed high and all of a sudden we have mysteriously a chlorine plant in texas blows up and burns up and what I believe is happening is this. These major corporations that are running the planet, I believe they're instigating a lot of this shortage as far as they're getting rid of the supply lines to increase their profits as far as the products that they're manufacturing. In other words, if a chlorine factory blows up and now you've had a 15 or 20 percent drop in supply of chlorine tablets or chlorine powder for swimming pools, swimming pools have become an inelastic demand curve. In other words, you have to have chlorine in your pools where they turn green. So people, it doesn't matter if the, if, a, if, a, if, a, if a box of chlorine tabs is $100 or $200, you have to buy it. You have no choice. Uh, of course, now there are other types of you know, things that you can do. You can use silver. You can use all kinds of other things that work in cooler climates, but it's hard to get that stuff to work very well in Florida. You also use salt you know, with a salt generator that splits off the chlorine. You can do that. But those things are very problematic because they release chlorine gas into the water. Some of it escapes the water and basically gets up and starts rusting ceiling fans and all the other things on the back porches. I've tried all that, by the way. And then you have people that say, well, we got a perfect system that basically lowers the pH of the pool and gives you a really clean pool without ever having to use any chemicals. And I've tried that, too. All that does is eat up the marsh site because of the lower pH. And it's been interesting to me as we've watched all of these things that we thought were so important become just an absolute maintenance nightmare, period, because we're having a hard time with supply chains. Also, remember, Donald Trump, with Operation Warp Speed, carpet bombed the United States economy and literally caused hundreds of thousands, if not millions of businesses that are part of the supply chain, smaller business, mom and pop businesses, to go belly up and out of business. And a lot of them have never recovered. And so we have to go back to, to Trump. We can't say this is all Biden. You know, Dwayne Johnson, the rock, you know, God apparently was on Joe Rogan and was talking about how his Democratic buddies over in Hollywood, they don't like Biden, but they like the you know, Democratic Party. So now the rock's backtracking because you know, he was a star, a ardent supporter of Joe Biden. And after he did that, I haven't gone to another one of his movies, period. I figure if he wants to get political, you know, and start promoting the unbelievable antics of a pedophile as far as being president of the United States, I don't need to watch the rock in any more movies that he does. 
but that really hasn't affected him. He's still probably the highest paid male actor in the world, which is fine. I'm happy for him. But the reality is, is he wants to put politics into it. You know, I'm going to stand back and say, you know what, I'm going to pass. And see, all of these things are part of this thing that we're going through right now with supply chain economics, part of the inflationary curve, the inflationary bubble. And Austin's right. The prices for raw materials are all over the place. Well, the problem with that is the raw materials, you know, the farmers that are manufacturing them really haven't raised their prices very much, except maybe because of diesel fuel costs or whatever, but not much. It's these middlemen, these speculators that push the prices up. You know, we saw that under George W. Bush when the oil prices went so high. And we started realizing it was the speculators that were basically speculating and betting and gambling on the prices of oil up to 60 times before it went to market. So everybody was getting a little piece of the puzzle, a little piece of the puzzle, a little piece of the pie. And pretty soon the prices went through the roof. And, you know, I always said back then, you know, why can't George Bush have signed an executive order since oil is such an important component of the economy that you can't speculate on oil? You know, there you go. There's a commodity you can't speculate on. We're going to go ahead and just let you know have no speculators involved. It'll go right from the you know from the from the oil fields to the refineries and right straight to the consumer. And we can probably cut out instead of hundred dollars a barrel, we could probably make it for ten or twelve dollars a barrel. Actually, that's probably going to be high. But the reality is, is these international banking cartel brokers and dealers and all the rest of them, they like to speculate and push it up. And I agree with Austin. It's funny to me that Ukraine was the only thing everybody was talking about for two years. And now people are saying that Ukraine has lost the war, which we knew was going to happen anyhow, and that Russia has won the war. But what about the hundreds of billions of dollars that have basically put into the uh, into the weapon systems? You know, supposedly, you know, you know, Ukrainian guy flying a jet actually surrendered to Russia this week, and he was the commander. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. And now we have AI Jesuses. <laughs> this is crazy. They're threatening damnation if viewers ignore his TikTok commandments. Uh, let me explain something to you about people who want to listen to this stuff. This has got millions of views. Right? I wanted to brought it up, tens of millions of views. You know, number one, you know, Jesus doesn't need TikTok to talk to you. Just, just, just a new flash. All right, uh, don't allow people like this who come in and say things like this. Remember that? Remember back in October, we were going to have this giant crash. Do you remember all that? And all this stuff was going to happen, and the, the government was going to put this giant, you know, thing out that's going to activate all the 5G towers, and everybody's going to get sick from the, you know, the hydroxy gel being released inside of their bodies, and all these people are going to be dying. Remember that one? And also, I didn't even cover it until the day before, so I said it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Now there was an emergency broadcast warning that day. Some guy gets up, puts all this nonsense out there. He gets up tens of hundreds of millions of views. I mean, whatever it was, I don't remember. But it was a lot, and suddenly he pulls his own video down. Who pushed the algorithms to him? I'm asking that question. You know, the algorithms can get anybody famous like within a period of 24 hours if they want to. All they've got to do is push any search engine to that algorithm, to that individual website, to that individual video, and basically have everybody watch it immediately. And who would be doing that? That would be the CIA again or some other government alphabet agency that's trying to push a certain agenda. So always ask yourself a question. If somebody comes out of nowhere – and also they get millions of views and they get millions of views with every single broadcast or every single thing or every single guest they bring onto the show. You've got to ask yourself a question. Why? Why is it not being choked down? And our show is constantly choked down because they don't want people to go out and hear about the news with the Ted Nelson Brewer show because we're not politically correct because we don't go down. the We don't go to the right or to the left. We don't play partisan politics. We go down the middle and we call it everybody. If I don't like something Germany does, I call him out. If I don't like Putin, like I said, I, could try, I called him out yesterday. If I don't like Israel, I say something about Israel. If I don't like the United States, I say something about the United States. It doesn't make it or me. I'm going I'm to call it out for what I see because I'm not going to play that partisan game because I'm not going to be part of the narrative. 
And so when you step out of the narrative, suddenly you become a problem for them because they don't want to give you any kind of algorithm exposure because suddenly you're making people think. You're making people think. And I believe that's really, really important. You know, now a pilot is warning of dire industry of the airlines disaster due to COVID vaccines. Captain Shane Murdoch says the air industry is poised on the precipice of disaster. A pilot for more than 40 years and a qualified air accident investigator, he has found official data that helps to back up his claim impending global catastrophe. He has correlated that in case there is an enormous problem we're having and it will be a significant impact on aviation safety worldwide. There's enough evidence to be sending out red flags. There are many tragedies this year. Phil Thomas, a young graduate of the Spain Flight Training Academy, fell ill and died suddenly in April. There were five pilot incapacitations in March, including a British Airways pilot who collapsed and died in Cairo, Egypt, not long before he was due to fly. Pilots are super fit. So why are, and by the way, that's not true. Just going to mention that. They have to pass a lot of medical exams, but I wouldn't call them super fit. Some of them are. So why are so many dying suddenly or collapsing? Captain Murdoch concludes they are suffering severe adverse reactions to the COVID-19 vaccinations, including myocarditis, brain fog, insomnia, blood clots, etc. He thinks that some pilots are ticking time bombs and claims that many are not declaring ill health, he said. They are not reporting brain fog, heart flutters, and dizzy spells because they don't want to lose their jobs. Now, it goes on to say that aviators have comprehensive annual medical checks for six, um, every six months if they've been ill. Rules state that they can pass only with a less than 1% chance of suffering an illness that could capacitate them. Now, the thing you have to take a look at this is this. When I, I mean, I, I, I'm a pilot. You guys know that. I had my own plane for years, sold it about a year and a half ago. And what, I, what I've done before is I've gone to the hangar, and I would be unlocking the hangar, and I'm sliding the doors back to get the plane out to go fly. And suddenly I don't quite feel right. You know, my blood sugar is a little bit off or I don't quite have the attitude to fly. And what I always did is I would just close the hangar back up and leave. I wouldn't fly. Here's the problem. If you're a commercial pilot, and you're being paid $400,000 a year to fly, you know, an aircraft across the ocean or, you know, domestic or wherever you're going to go. And you've been tendered, tendered with this company or whatever, whatever airline you are. And you have certain obligations according to your, your responsibilities and your union. You may not fly at 100%. You may fly when you have brain fog, exactly what it says here. And that's a problem, especially when you're coming in for landing. For example, U.S. Navy spy plane overshoots the runway into waters off Hawaii. This just happened. A U.S. Navy reconnaissance jet overshot a runway and ended up in the water off the Hawaiian island of Oahu on Monday. Local media outlet Hawaii News now reports the aircraft involved in the incident was a Boeing P-8 Poseidon, which was conducting routine training exercise at the time. Now, I'm not going to say that a pilot can't have a lousy landing. That happens to all of us. I've had a few bounces, you know, bounce another landing, and you kind of go, well, that's rough. I've gotten the grass a couple times, and you get a sidewind, push you over a little bit. All that stuff happens when you fly enough and you land enough. I'm just going to let you know that. It doesn't make any difference. I've been on so many commercial flights where the guy comes in with his big super jet or whatever, and he lands so soft you can barely feel the wheels touch. You call that he slicked the landing. I mean, it's it's like he flew right to the ground, and, and the wheels just, you know, they, well, most of the time those have what's called a trailing link gear, so they, they fold backwards, so you don't really feel the impact anyhow. But sometimes you get one out there, and they just drop the plane in, and you boom, and you go, oh, my gosh, the luggage is falling out of the overhead. You're like, what the heck was that? Well, as long as you walk off that plane, as long as nobody got hurt, it's a good landing as far as I'm concerned. But now suddenly these guys that are trained with thousands and thousands of hours are overshooting runways, landing out in the ocean. That's a problem because most of these planes are coming in on electronics, 
They're coming in on landing systems that basically bring you right to the edge of the runway where you need to be touching at the threshold. And suddenly they're shooting at the end. What happened? Did he come in too hot? Was he going too fast? Did he miss his threshold? Why didn't he go to full power? Why didn't he get away? Or was he having a problem with his heart? Or was he dealing with brain fog? I don't know. This is a mess. And here's why. I know I've got, I've got a lot of hours flying. And I know how much time it takes. It is time-consuming and labor-intensive. It's a very specific skill set that it requires a lot of training to get. Just to take and pass the exam for flights is just is, is mind-boggling. I told you what I had to go through for all that. But the reality is, is that when you start giving these pilots vaccinations that can cause myocarditis and pericarditis or brain fog, you can't just go down to the 7-Eleven or down to Walmart and pick up another box of pilots. They don't exist. You know, and then the FAA comes in and says they all got to have mandatory retirement at 65. So the best pilots that I know are in their 70s. I mean, they're phenomenal pilots. And so it's crazy to me that we've got a government that is just out of control. They were forcing people to take a COVID job that was linked to myocarditis, COVID jab that was linked to myocarditis and pericarditis and forcing pilots to do that. So the airline industry, this one guy is right. It's going it's to have a problem. That's why so many kids are joining up and going into the airlines right now. But the problem is. You have to have a 1,000 hours of flight time in order for someone to hire you into a major airline to then train you an additional 1,000 hours as a co-pilot before you're allowed to be the captain or whatever you need for that particular airline. So be very, very careful when you're flying on airplanes. Make sure that the pilots are healthy when you see them walk in. If they come walking in you know, with an oxygen bottle, you probably don't want to fly just being facetious, just kidding. They wouldn't do that. But the reality is think about what you're doing. I always show caution all the time. What do you think, Austin? What's your next story? No, there's no question about it. You can kind of see where they're going with this, and it's lesser and lesser air traffic. It's more and more difficult for people to travel freely. That's what the entire platform is designed to do with what they did with the COVID shot. You know, They knew when they manufactured the shot that it was designed by DARPA, the RNA technology was back in 2012. They knew they didn't have any type of significant clinical trials with any long-term research when they rolled this thing out after, what, three months and told everybody you had to get it. And they did their marketing technique. Okay, well, only only people that are high risk and elderly can get the shot first. Okay, now everybody can start getting the shot. Okay, now you've got to get the shot, you know, to get your passport, COVID passport to go do stuff. Oh, now you've got to get the shot to keep your job. You've got to get the shot to travel. Oh, now if you don't get the shot, you essentially are not able to even get health care or do anything. You're going to be banned from society. It was all designed to continue to go down the tier to see how far they could push the agenda. And it comes down to essentially exactly what Dad just said. There's less and less pilots now. There's less and less flights. I mean, almost every time that I have flown now or that I know people that have flown, they're having constant issues, especially if there's layovers and missing connecting flights and delayed flights and canceled flights and overpacked flights, missing luggage. I mean, it's, it's nonstop. And I used to fly. I've flown quite a bit when I was younger. And most of the time, it was pretty flawless for the most part. You know, you kind of pretty much get everything lined up. Everything runs pretty smooth. It's not like that anymore. And everybody knows, especially when it gets busy now, like Thanksgiving this week and other times. Oh, gosh. You're flying right now. I mean, good luck to you on that one. It's just the way it is. And again, it's funny because, you know, AOC, the insanely moronic congressional representative that we have, <laughs> she basically came out, remember, two, three years ago? What was it, three, four years ago, actually, now? It's 2019. She said she, she, all air traffic needs to stop. Everything needs to be basically boats and trains. No, nobody should be able to fly because we have to stop climate change. 
And everybody kind of laughed and scoffed. I was like, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's never going to happen. Well, hasn't it now? You've watched air traffic and the amount of flights decrease significantly. Even now, we're going into 2024. We're past the whole COVID lockdown aspect of the flights being canceled as far as for COVID. And now, yet, we're still seeing a massive decrease in flights all over the world. And so it's something just to kind of understand. And if you're going to be flying, it's just something you got to deal with now. That's why I prefer to drive most of the time, unless it's somewhere just too far. I'd much rather drive. You still have the ability to travel freely. And that's why they're trying to do what they can with the electric vehicles. That's why in 2026 now, they're talking about having the kill switch. It's in Congress right now. And they got this whole bill in. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. They would have a government kill switch essentially on every single vehicle. So at any point in time, they can shut off any vehicle in the entire country. Just bam. That's one of the reasons why some of these vehicles now, especially some of these older sports cars, you know, mid-2000s, late-2000s, teens, have gone up in price so aggressively because a lot of these vehicles no, don't have any as far as tracking or any electronics on them for the most part when it comes to being able to interfere with them from an outside source or Wi-Fi or Internet or anything on them. And, I mean, I was the other day I was looking at an auction somebody sent me, and it was, a, oh, it was like a 2008 Porsche thing sold for $850,000. Nuts! I saw that. I was like, this is crazy. But, again, you've got this market now, these individuals that a lot of them are really wealthy. They've realized that there's a problem going on in the automotive industry. There's a real problem going on in the entire world when it comes to vehicles because what they're trying to do is make these vehicles so difficult to operate and drive that they're going to be monitoring and doing everything they can to continually control where you can and can't go. That's why they've already started doing charging stations, dropping them down to 80% capacity or 80% charge max. You go to charge them up, that's it. They cap off at 80%. So if your battery normally has, you know, 300 miles on it, they come and say, oh, no, well, you go ahead and you only get 240 miles. That's it. That's all you get because that's all you need because you only you don't have to drive 200, so you got plenty. They're already determining how far they're going to charge you up so you can drive, and there's not even any kind of restrictions or government control right now on any of this stuff. You wait and see what happens when they start having full carte blanche immunity to do whatever they want, start going into monitoring and controlling everything, start watching how many miles. You've already seen that now in Oregon and Washington and Utah, I think another state that they're bringing a bill in where they want to start taxing you per mile. They're going to start monitoring how many miles you drive in your electric car. They're going to have trackers on them. They will start charging you like a penny a mile, two cents a mile. Everywhere you drive, you're going to get taxed at the end of the year. You're going to get a tax bill. So if you're a commuter, you're an Uber driver, you know, and you use a Tesla or one of these stupid electric vehicles, oh, yeah, you're going to get saddled with a thousand, two, three thousand dollar bill at the end of the year if you drive all over the place because you got you got to pay your fair share. This is what it all comes down to is continually extracting more and more cash flow out of the population. That's why it's so important to really do everything you can and learn certain things you can do to make sure you can maintain as much cash flow as possible. Just thought I would throw that out there. Also, to another news, this is interesting. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is now suing Pfizer, good riddance, for defrauding the Texas Medicaid program or providing adulterated pharmaceutical drugs to Texas children. You know, I think it probably – I looked at an article one time, and I covered it on the show. It was probably about a year ago, and it went through all the lawsuits and all the settlements that Pfizer had, and it's pretty much every single year. They've got this massive lawsuit, this massive settlement for some type of fraud, some type of drug that's killing people, some type of just botched compound that they're putting out on the market, and they know it was. And again, this is another just 
Pfizer being Pfizer, doing Pfizer stuff. They said Pfizer's ADHD drug, Quilvan XR, was knowingly distributed to children on Medicaid despite the drug maker's pattern of failing quality control tests due to flawed manufacturing processes. They said they're horrified by the dishonesty we uncovered in this investigation. Pfizer intentionally concealed and failed to disclose the issues with Quilvan to receive taxpayer-funded benefits through Texas Medicaid, defrauded the state, and endangered children. Said Civic Medical Fraud Division has done an outstanding job holding these pharmaceutical companies accountable. <laughs> I can't help but laugh at that statement. No, Pfizer's going to pay a nice big fat fine like they always do, and they're going to go business as usual. And what people don't realize is that what Pfizer does is a lot of these drugs, they set an LLC up that has another LLC, and that LLC controls another LLC, and they get the drug registered under that third LLC. And what happens is when the drug goes completely just kapunk and it gets sued into oblivion and they find out that the drug's unbelievably dangerous and it's killing people and it's adulterated and they need to get off the market, then what they do is that LLC pays the fine for Pfizer funneling the money to them. Then that LLC is dissolved. And they say, okay, we're shutting down this business because you know it's defrauded the taxpayers. And so they'll shut down that LLC. But nothing changes. It's the same story every day as Pfizer is pretty much the most corrupt pharmaceutical company in the entire world. Yet we were told that they were safe and effective with their shot that rolled out and that everybody needed to, to get their money or get their shot so they could get you know, their free shot and get you know, Medicare could get paid and pharma could get paid. And this is, again, what we watch on a regular basis. So, again, it's so important. You constantly keep an eye out for this stuff and always question the narrative, especially when you see a lot of this very strange stuff going on with the pharmaceutical companies. I don't trust anything they say. That's why I encourage and tell people on a regular basis, if you go to the doctor, you're recommended a drug. I'm not giving you any medical advice. What I'm saying is it's probably very prudent that you do your research on what that drug does, what the side effects are of that drug, what it could possibly do to you, and you actually look at it instead of just blindly taking something because some doctor who more likely gets a kickback from that drug company tells you, well, you need to take it right now. One of the biggest ones we've seen is the statin drugs and that whole entire debacle that's continued to continue go on over and over and over every single year where they can put more and more people on these statin drugs. And what's crazy about this is we have the article on our website we talked about is I think back in 2016. I talked about how the American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association continues to release new guidelines to address current heart attack and stroke rates. So they start encouraging people to essentially go on statins preemptively. Even if you're healthy and you have no issues, you need to go on statins because you could have a problem with cholesterol in the future. Instead of telling people to stop eating hydrogenated oils and canola oil and processed flours and high fructose corn syrup, Big Pharma backs these groups and tells them, hey, you need to start doubling the amount of people that are on statins. You need to make sure you guys are pushing this enough. There's roughly $21 billion annual market for statin drugs. They're saying we'll double by next year into $42 billion market. It continues to go up higher and higher and higher. They're saying probably by the end of 2029, 2030, statin drugs are going to be over a tenth of a trillion dollar industry with keeping people on these drugs. And in most cases, they can be very, very harmful to you. That's why we put the articles on the website and the nutrition info on the website to really do your research before. Before you start just blindly taking pharmaceutical drugs, what do you think, Tim? You know, the, honestly, Austin, the truth about the statin drugs is much more, much worse than that. Uh, the average person who takes a statin drug for 37 years lives like three days longer than they would without the drug. That's it. 
Uh, it's it's a horrible, horrible compound. In fact, in, in, the, in the last book that Sharon and I did together, Breakthrough Health, we actually talk about statin drugs, and we listed the top 10 drugs never, ever to put in your body, and statins are number one. They cause skeletal muscle necrosis, which means it kills the, the, the muscles, uh, it, which makes you have all kinds of you know muscle pain, which gets the muscles then they're dead in the body. They've got to get into the bloodstream and get dissolved, and they get into the kidneys, and they destroy kidney function. <clears throat> Not to mention that you know as your cholesterol levels go under 200, all disease rates go up, especially cancer through the roof. And that your, your cholesterol is around 250 to 300 is fine. It can easily be controlled through dietary intake and fluid intake. And you don't need to take statin drugs to start with. I mean, it's, it's frustrating to me. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, I've, I've, I've screamed and yelled and hollered and carried on about statin drugs on national radio and national TV for 30 years. It didn't make any difference because now, because all these people are coming down with heart disease and pericarditis and pericarditis from the COVID shot, the statin industry has become a growth industry because everybody's saying, well, you need to go ahead and get all the statin drugs now before you have problems with your heart. Wait a minute. The only reason people are having problems with their heart to the level they are now is because they took the doggone clot shot. Yeah, I can't tell you how many people I know right now that have that cough and they can't shake it. I know Gene called me up a few weeks ago and, and he said that, you know, I've had a cough for a month and, you know, I've gone on antibiotics. And I said, I had the same cough. And you guys remember that three or four months ago. And I had gone on antibiotics too. It didn't help. I don't, I hate antibiotics. Finally, I figured out how to fix it with an over-the-counter remedy that you can get at the local grocery store that I don't really want to mention on the air because I don't want to talk about it because it's off-label, but it worked great. It's the type of gargle that you use. And what is happening is you get into a situation where, you know, all of these different conditions now with these people's immune systems that have been compromised or all of us now who've been exposed to shedding and we've all been basically exposed to this nasty stuff, realize that they're going to continue to release more and more pathogens into the environment as people's immune systems become weaker and weaker and weaker. I mean, the big industry to be in right now is the funeral parlor industry. If you're a mortician right now and you're running a funeral parlor, you're probably making a lot of money in a lot of areas because people are dying like crazy still. Funerals everywhere. You know, it's gotten so much now that so many people aren't even having regular you know, burials anymore. They're having cremations everywhere. And it's sad because that happens. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago. A third of the people that had severe COVID who've, who've come down with it, who survived it, a third of them who took the shot and a third of them who had COVID are now having serious problems with depression. Now, that's a third of the population because pretty much everybody came down with COVID, probably 95%, at least some form of COVID. So now we're having serious problems with people with depression everywhere. And so it's, it's nuts to me that all of this stuff happens and nobody seems to pay any attention to it. And nobody wants to assign the blame back to Operation Warp Speed and the carpet bombing of America by Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's still pushing the clot shot to this day. I mean, I remember when Roger Stone told me that Donald Trump just wasn't that smart. I believe it now. I mean, I don't think Donald Trump can read. I think he has some type of dyslexia. And I, I think he likes to hear things, watch it on TV or get given briefings or whatever. But I don't really think that he walks through things from a concrete, rational thought, thought standpoint. He had no reason to attack DeSantis the way he did, and DeSantis should not probably at this point in retrospect run for president for the United States for this next election. He should have waited another year, another term. But, you know, I don't know what DeSantis' major goal or DeSantis' major goal is. All I know is he's over at the Wailing Wall, you know, wearing his little hat and praying with a bunch of Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan boys. Just thought I'd mention that. And so who in the world knows what the next election is going to hold? Oh, that's right. I, I've got that was a rhetorical question. I have the answer for that, by the way. It's, it's, the, it's the globalists who run the election machines. It's the globalists who do whatever they want to do as far as putting their people into positions of power to run for president or run for senate or run for the house or whatever they want to do. And they want to make sure that nobody gets in who basically has a mouthpiece and who's telling the truth. The last person that we had that was really, really good in telling the truth was Ron Paul. And I wish he had never retired. 
his son Rampal is okay, but you know the apple fell far from the tree with him. But it just I don't want to go there right now because I don't want to get into politics. This is an interesting article, and I like this. It is miracle. Muslim men in Gaza seek Christ after over 200 dream of Jesus on the same night. I like stuff like this, by the way. More than 200 Muslim men in Gaza have converted to Christianity after reportedly seeing their Jesus in their dreams, said Christian professor Michael Licona. Licona teaches New Testament studies at Houston Christian University. He's also written a number of books, including The Case for the Resurrection of Jesus and Paul Meets Muhammad. In a recent Facebook post, Lacona said he received a report from an underground Christian ministries in the Middle East that detailed the miraculous conversions. He says God is working in the midst of this war. Then he quoted the report from the ministries. Over the past two days, we have ministered to hundreds of fathers who have lost most, if not all, of their children in the war. Remember, they're murdering the little children over there now, too. They're basically machine-gunning the little five- and six-year-olds. As we move these men to safety, we feed them and wash their clothes and begin to read the Bible to them, sharing the way of peace through Jesus. Then a big miracle happened. Last night, Jesus appeared to more than 200 of them in their dreams. They have come back to us to learn more from God's word and are now asking how to follow Jesus, the report said. The Kona then voiced his own stance on the Israel-Hamas conflicts, period. He goes, you know, it, it, what's funny about that is, you know, we've got to say this is just, you know, a miracle from God, I believe, if this actually happened, which I have no doubt, no reason to doubt this guy. But, but then he goes into this whole thing here because then you start to realize that, again, He's been dealing with the Zionist propaganda from this. His quote, Lacona says, next is, I side with Israel in this war, not necessary for theological reasons, because Hamas and those backing it are pure evil. Whoa. Quote, yet I know that not all Palestinians support Hamas. In fact, they will be punished severely if he was suspected for not supporting Hamas. Let's pray that this war can be over soon and Israel can eradicate Hamas so the Palestinians can be free of Hamas. Uh, wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, I don't like Hamas. I'm not trying to stand up for Hamas, okay? I don't like genocide either. And I really don't like, you know, Mossad. I don't really like the CIA either, even MI6. I think these agencies are out of control. But, you know, we're going to now blame shift everything to Hamas, and we're not going to talk about Israel shutting down their defense systems to allow the hang gliders to come in and drop grenades or whatever the heck to happen to them, and how the entire Iron Dome network was turned down for almost eight hours, and how they've carpet bombed Gaza now with women and children and Christians and hundreds of thousands of pounds of bombs. Uh, we don't want to talk about that one, do we? Or the machine gunning of little children? No, or running over people, shooting them, and then running over them with bulldozers and posting it on social media to laugh about it? Or the group of children basically now from Israel that are singing the song, how they're going to kill everybody in Gaza? Let's, but let's not mention that one. Let's, let's, let's stay away from that. That's too politically incorrect for this professor who's obviously a Zionist, and it saddens me. Because he comes out with a really good report about Jesus, and he comes out and has to go political on this stuff. Why didn't he just say – this conflict is dire. Both sides are suffering terribly, and I really hope and pray for a complete resolution. Let's say that. Why can't we just say that? You know, that, that's true. I mean, why in the world can't we say that? You know, if you know, we want God to bring peace to the Middle East. We, we need to pray for peace for the Middle East for God. But just don't get in that partisan nonsense and start doing the Schofield reference stuff because that just aggravates me so very, very, very much. And, you know, another interesting article here, and I, I don't really know how to talk about this, but I'm just going to read it to you, so it's, it is what it is, because I've covered it in several ways before. It's talking about how the the media is ruled by a robust PSYOP alliance, and that's so true. Investigative journalist Michael Schellenberger has released and exposed Renee's DiResta's research director for the Stanford Internet Observatory as one of the key architects behind the censorship of industrial complex. 
Diresta is a connector, directly connected to the CIA and a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Before Diresta became research director for the SIO, she was the research director for the small democratic donor-funded political consulting firm now called New Knowledge LLC that creates thousands of fake Russian bots and use other disinformation tactics to alter the outcome of a local election. Diresta's reputation was not destroyed by this revelation. Instead, she has been elevated to more prominent disinformation expert positions. Now the U.S. Department of Homeland Security created EIP and outsourced what would otherwise be illegal and unconstitutional censorship to it. In 2021, the EIP was rebranded as the Virality Virility Viral Viral Virility Project, which point the information being censored shifted from elections of that COVID-related matters, including factual information about the COVID jabs and their potential dangers. Okay, I didn't write this. Don't fuss at me. I know the grammar's bad. But this is showing, again, the CIA involvement in controlling media and all of the rest of it. By the way, by the way, the the WEF, the World Economic Forum, this is this is just this never these guys just never stop because this is all the Rothschild banking cartel guys. They plan to bankrupt thirty thousand farmers and trigger global trigger global famine as Bill Gates continues to buy more and more farmland. The World Economic Forum and its global organization allies are plotting to bankrupt the thirty thousand farmers in an effort to trigger global famine and seize control of the food supply. And I'm not going to go into detail with this because it starts talking about nitrogen, ammonia, and all the rest of this stuff and why they're doing it. But what I will say is this. They have a point that they're saying in here. It says that the only way that you can get people to eat bugs, right, is to starve them. You have to starve them before them. When they're, when they're so hungry that they'll eat a bug, it says the World Economic Forum is promoting yet another bug chef. Joseph Yoon is the founder of Brooklyn Bugs in New York. He travels the country and cooks bugs and caterpillars, et cetera, and eats them in front of people. Yuna has been in business since 2017, but Klaus Schwab and his allies – Schwab, I call him Schwab either way – and his allies recently endorsed him as part of the Great Reset Agenda of you eat bugs and like it. You'll eat bugs and like it. That's nice. In order for the bug agenda to work, people must be desperately hungry and still have a will to live. Yeah, okay. Desperately hungry and still have a will to live, will enough to live to eat bugs. Austin. I guess anybody would if they had to, but how bad would it have to get for the human beings and this planet to start eating bugs? But what do you think? Well, anybody gets hungry enough, they'll start eating just about anything they get their hands on. What they've done now is they've continually tried to desensitize that concept by using, you know, this cricket protein powder that they're now starting to put in different types of food supplies and alleged natural foods that they're talking about now. Oh, it's okay. It's it's just it's cricket protein powder. It's it's good for you. It's green. It's safe for you. It's it's to save the planet. And again, this is something that they're doing to try to desensitize the general population and thinking that this is normal, that eating bugs is normal. And that's again, goes back to what you're saying here, where they want people to be essentially, you know, desperate enough. What's called is a keto protein, A-C-H-E-T-A protein. And it's included in a lot of ingredients now, including foods, chips, biscuits, grains, and protein bars, and some breads and pastas. And there's a lot online about it. And what it is, is it's, it's cricket powder. It's cricket ground up, crickets essentially, and they're adding it as an additional protein source to increase the protein level on certain food supplies. This, again, is also more manipulation with food when they start doing this with different types of protein and different types of foods where they say, oh, it's got 10 or 20 grams of protein. You go, okay, you don't look at the ingredients like it's got protein. I'm, I need this. I'm buying it. I told you guys before, this is something that's very common in the bodybuilding nutrition industry with the whey protein powder. Whey protein powder, if most cases, if you don't know where it's coming from, the reason why it messes a lot of people up in the gut is because it's just cheap 
like triple heated way that's processed from cheese production and all types of other topics. And essentially it's like the waste they can't get rid of. They literally scrape it off the floor after it's been processed. They heat it again, heat process it. They throw in a 55 gallon drum barrel and then they turn around and ship it to the United States for these, some of some of these manufacturers to use it in their protein powder. So they can say, Oh, it's 50 grams of protein per scoop. You know, these stupid numbers they come up with because they test the nitrogen in it. What does it? It blows their nitrogen testing up. So it shows the protein's really, really high. When in reality, it's not any type of quality protein. It's not going to be digestible. It's not good for your body. And that's why you see a lot of people. I've heard this numerous times from people. They get certain protein powders like, oh, man, after I drink it, it messes my gut up. I have no energy. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting my 50-gram protein shake in. Guys, that's counterproductive to use compounds like that. That's why our whey protein we use is from New Zealand bovine, which is the strictest bovine laws in the world is pretty much in New Zealand. And that's the only place we carry our whey from. Then our other protein powders, we have the whey, uh, pea and rice protein, which is really, really good as well for people that are basically having digestive issues. It's very digestible, very easy to assimilate. And we use it a lot, especially like the GHI cleanse, which is great for doing fast. That's a current product that I always recommend people to do. It doesn't hurt you one bit to go two or three day fast or even longer if that's what you want to do. It allows your body to kind of just rest. And so you're not just doing a water fast where you're not getting really anything in your system. You're getting nutrients and supplements and vitamins and detoxifying properties like watercress and N-acetylcysteine in your system through the GHI cleanse, but you're not eating any food. So again, that's something that I really recommend people look at doing, especially coming to the New Year's after you know Thanksgiving and December. I always recommend people start off the New Year's with a fast. It's a really good option in most cases, and the GHI cleanse really fits the ticket really does well as far as for increasing energy, especially when you do it for three, four, five, six, seven days and really helps out with detox in the body. So again, that's something to look at, but always, always, always do your research when it comes to a lot of these companies and what they're putting in their food and what they're saying is in their food. Because like I said, you start looking now more and more, it's getting very, very strange now on how compromised the food supply is. Granted, I guess I could say it's not really strange. We know why they're doing it, but that's why it's more important now than ever to continue to do your research on what you're putting in your body, especially your kids. You know, as we see now, and I've talked about, I talk about this a lot because it's a very serious problem that we're seeing now is these young kids that are becoming obese at a very young age. These kids are having health problems, serious health problems at a very young age. And yet the topic, just a lot of people want to ignore it because it's not a fun topic. Nobody wants to talk about their child being obese. Listen, your child is your responsibility. They're not going to the store and buying ice cream and buying Twinkies and ding-dongs and cupcakes and all this stuff. That's what you're buying for them. And so it's really, really important that you make sure you do your research on what you're giving your children, what you're putting in their body. Just because they want something, just because they say they want to see it and it's on the shelf and they want to buy it, doesn't mean you have to get it. All the marketing they have on the cereal boxes with the Captain Crunch and the Bunny and all the different stuff they have, if you look at it, their eyes are always looking down. All the cartoons, all the graphics on every single cereal box, if you look, they're always looking down. Why is that? They're looking at the children that are walking. They're not directing marketing Captain Crunch for 40-year-old adults. They're putting it on the shelf so the children look up at it, and it entices them. That's why they put all these different cartoons for these cereals. It's directly designed to target children to put the garbage in their body. And then they're sitting there and they're eating this cornstarch and corn protein and high fructose corn syrup and food coloring and red 40 and blue five. 
and all this stuff, and you realize it is literally probably one of the worst breakfasts you could ever give a child in the entire world is processed cereal with homogenized milk first thing in the morning. I mean that sincerely. It's probably one of the worst things you could give them. It's funny. My son now, Hunter, he's on an egg kick. So he's always eaten eggs. We've always eaten eggs our whole life. We go through a ton of eggs in my house. And he now has figured out very well. I've helped him out over the years, kind of teach him in the morning how to make eggs. I've showed him, and now he just straight up makes eggs every single morning for everybody. He wakes up, gets up, you know, 7 o'clock. He'll come in there and wake me up. He's like, hey, Dad, how many eggs do you want? I said, I'll take four eggs. He's like, okay. Five minutes later, Dad, your eggs are ready. Mom, how many eggs do you want? He's just making eggs all morning. I'm just cracking it, and they're actually really good. He's doing a good job with them. He's salting them good. He's peppering them good. He's seasoning them good. And it's funny, though, because he's seven. Yet you talk to most kids about even eating eggs at seven, and they'll turn their nose up. So I need my Captain Crunch. I need my 40 grams of sugar and my 80 grams of carbohydrates first thing in the morning before I go to school so everybody can wonder why I have behavioral issues when I eat this stuff every day. It's not rocket science. What you put in your body, you get out of your body. It's the same thing like I've told people before. If you go and buy and you've saved up your money and you go buy a new Corvette, that's been your big goal. You go buy a vet and you've just saved up for years and that's your dream car. You've worked and you've hustled and you strive for it and you get it. You acquire it and you're proud of it. It's taking you 20, 30 years to get this car. You got it. You pull to the gas station. You go, hey, guys, this this 93 octane, whoa, way too expensive. 87, guys, still too much. Do you guys have any old fuel in the back that's, you know, basically coagulated, that's just shot out, just like straight ethanol garbage goo? You guys just have something cheap or free, really, really cheap that I could throw in my vet because I really don't want to spend 2 $3 a gallon right now. Oh, yeah, we got a big tub of this coagulated fuel. You can try to funnel it in your car and see if it will run on it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to put in there. Nobody would ever do that, ever. Nobody would consider doing that. You wouldn't even consider putting 87 in it. You're going to put the best fuel you can because you want to take care of that car that you've worked so hard for. Well, guys, you can swap out cars anytime you want. You only get one body. You only get to swap it out. And when it's swapped out, it's done. <laughs> you go to be to heaven with God after that. It doesn't get swapped out again. And so that's why it's so important to really look at the food you're putting in your body and the food you're giving your kids because it will make a difference in the long run, especially in their life as they get older. Are you going to set them up for success, set them up for health? Are you setting them up for destruction? Are you setting them up to be constantly involved in the medical industrial complex because you're feeding them this for the next 5, 10, 15 years? Just a thought I would throw, a thought I would throw out there, Dad. What do you think? You know, Austin, it's an interesting thought you're throwing out there because, quite frankly, is you know when you're a, when you're a child, Hunter's still in a state of brainwave state, and he believes that this is the right way to go. He goes to church every week, does Bible studies every week, prays with you every night. He eats eggs in the morning, goes to the gym with you, and works out a little bit when he can with a little bit of dumbbells. And to him, that's normal. And when it becomes normal, it gets hardwired in the brain. And then what will happen is when he gets older, he'll still eat his eggs, and he'll still work out and all the rest of it. You know, I've got four kids, and they all work out. Now, Savannah doesn't work out as much as she needs to, but she still works out. Alexis works out all the time. Austin works out all the time. Harrison works out all the time because I taught them to work out when they were younger. And this is part of it. It's like with me personally. You know, I had a guy by the name of Jerry Allen who started taking me to a gym. I was working out at home. He started taking me to a gym when I was 15 years old. And, you know, he was driving over. I was a workout partner with him, and he picked me up. And for about six months, he drove me back and forth to the gym every single day. And it built a habit with me when I was 15, and I turned 16, and I started using my mom's car until my dad got me a car. And I would go to the gym every night, and I would work out all the time. And by the time I graduated from high school, I was pretty good size. I said, you had like 18-inch arms. I was really big, actually, for a you know, high school kid. 
And, you know, and so that behavioral pattern that I established, you know, when I was young has stayed with me my entire adult life. I mean, the other day, I think Steve posted it on the website. I could, I did a hundred pounds on curls for uh, 10 reps in one set. And, you know, that's pretty impressive for, you know, anybody, much less somebody who's, you know, you know, above the age of you know 50. Right. And so the reality is, is that if you take the right choices, you make the right choices all the days of your life, you start to realize that you're going to result, you're going to re reap the rewards and the benefits. I mean, so many other people, you know, have a hard time walking or they're on oxygen or they're in a wheelchair or they're on a walker or they're wearing, using canes or whatever. You don't have to be like that. But the choice has to be had. The choice has to be made when you're younger. Now, listen to me. You know, if you're 60 years old and you've had a stroke and now you're trying to go through rehab, that was not something you probably should have decided that you were going to do as far as, you know, getting exercise. You know, when you were in your 60s, you probably should have started that in your 20s or 30s. So, young folks, listen to me. Never get too busy that you can't go to the gym at least three to four times a week for 30 minutes. You know, I've just, just, I've got a gym here at my house. And what I do is I go, I wait. People say, well, I could do it too if I had a gym at my house. Stop it. I don't hear it. Stop it. Okay. I didn't have a gym in my house until years ago, and I still made time to go to the gym. Even if you've got a set of dumbbells, you can do them in the, in the kitchen or in the living room or whatever, mini trampoline, anything. Just do something. Dr. Thomas Curran had a quote that I used to read over the water fountain all the time. It was, the law of life is motion, rhythmic, continuous motion, at least one hour a day, three days a week. Nobody ever graduates from the school of physical conditioning. And you continue, either you continue progressing or you go downhill. I memorized that over the water fountain many, many years ago when I was a teenager. I still remember it. Guys, I love you. I had the opportunity to pray for you again, as I always do. You guys are absolutely amazing. Also, finish it up, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. No, you're 100% spot on with that. That's why I always encourage people to exercise. And it's not something you have to go in there and try to be some, you know, bodybuilder and lifting super heavy stuff. Quite frankly, a lot of that's hard on your joints. Going in and training properly and doing proper reps and basically proper negatives and continuing to push your body, you know, it's very crucial because in most cases, you never know when you're going to be called upon to have to do something. Whether it be extremely physical, whether it be violent, whether it be defensive, you never know. Nobody ever plans for that in most cases. Nobody really wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, I'm just, I'm probably going to get in a fight today. You know, some people do in your younger years, but in reality, when you're an adult and you're older, you don't sit around and wait for that to happen. It just happens sometimes. Certain things certainly occur, and you've got to defend something. And so, again, if that's happening or it could happen or there's a possibility of that happening, don't you want to be in at least moderately decent shape to be able to handle yourself? In my opinion, just thought I would throw that out there. So again, continue to encourage one another to do the same, to stay strong, to stay healthy. It's Thanksgiving week this week. You know, a lot of people are going to be in and out of town. A lot of people are going to be eating a lot of food. Enjoy yourselves. Stay healthy. I always recommend the digestive enzyme blends. If you're going to be eating big meals, I'm just throwing that out there. That's a staple that I always have. It helps digest the food properly. Basically helps prevent bloating and so forth. Just something to keep in your cabinet on a regular basis because it can also help prevent uh, acid reflux. In some cases where a lot of people are having issues with acid reflux with certain foods or if they're eating a lot for a certain meal, the digestive enzyme blend can help out with that a lot. So something to look out to. And also the gastrogest is another digestive enzyme that's completely different formula, but we have that as well. And that one helps out with more bloating as far as with the stomach for people that are having more issues with gas and bloating. So that's another one to look at if you're curious and interested in that. And so again, if you need anything, be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com and you can look at some of the articles that we've written over the years like the ones I talked about earlier, the new statin drug guidelines were erroneously updated in an effort to double prescriptions. This is from years back, and it's on the websites. We have hundreds of articles on the website 
I encourage people to take advantage of and look at and really understand and read that this stuff is happening all the time with the food supply that's happening with the nutrients and it's happening with the drugs. And it's really, really crucial. You stay educated on these topics. So again, you can help educate other people. So it's not just about the knowledge that you get. It's about the knowledge that you can share and contribute. I learned that a lot from Jim Rohn. He used to say that back in the day. He said, you can get anything you want as long as you're willing to help enough people get what they want. That's a really true factual statement he made with that because the more you continue to learn, the more it's kind of your duty, so to speak, to continue to educate other people, especially on topics of health. If you know something's a really important factor, there's something that's really important for you to learn, it's beneficial, spread it, continue to contribute. So thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for forwarding the show. Thank you for supporting healthmasters.com. Been a great year this year as far as we getting the truth out there with everyone and continuing to grow. So I encourage you guys to continue to stay strong, stay healthy. If you need anything, be sure the product of the week, the Testo Plus formula on sale the last day today, massive testosterone stack supplement that works really, really good. So be sure to check that out for over 10% off on the last day sale at healthmasters.com and vote for what you want to see win tomorrow as well. There's a couple different products on there, hyaluronic acid and ashwagandha that basically are neck and neck. So be sure to vote, break those ties, and thank you for getting the truth out there. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.